Welcome to the party, pal. Michael Duke's show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Streaming live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, on YouTube, on Twitch, and sometimes on Facebook, but not today. (laughs) Oh, man, I just, yeah, I can't, just, I can't. And, of course, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Good morning, and uh, how are you? You ready to uh, you ready to jump in and uh, jump on board and get it all done? Uh, today on the program is, uh, of course, it's Tuesday, and that means the weekly top three, uh, the top three things, uh, the top three items that you should be paying attention to and uh, following and doing all that kind of stuff. So we're uh, we're appreciative and we're grateful for you to come on board and join us. Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets is going to be joining us first things first here as soon as we get done with just a few, well, maybe just one headline. I don't know if it's a few or if it's one. I think it's it probably going to be, it probably going to be just one. Um, and so we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk with Brad Keithley and we're going to get, uh, we're going to get uh, into that weekly top three, including... Some of the new polling that shows uh, how the races for uh, um, how the races for governor uh, and U.S. senator and U.S. House of Representative Congress critter is going uh, is going to be uh, is going to be shaping up and what does it mean? Um, so we're going to do that. <clears throat> then we're going to talk about the uh, Willow Project. What are the next steps there? And then how will uh, and then how Bill Walker is not the right choice for Alaska and why um, and uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good stuff then in hour two we're going to be talking with uh, Chris story the man from Homer who is going to be uh, joining us and uh, giving us our weekly life coaching lesson uh, as uh, well we're gonna be hanging out with him and uh, we'll be uh, enjoying ourselves that'll be that'll be fun stuff uh we'll get that we'll get that pma boost that we've been oh so needing uh over uh you know uh, on a weekly basis and then um we'll take some calls or do whatever tomorrow on the program let me uh let me get ready for this tomorrow on the program we're going to be joined by kelly shibaka kelly shibaka uh, candidate for a uh, Senate, and uh, we'll talk with her in hour two on the program tomorrow. Still working on getting a couple other guests uh, laid by on this week. On Friday, Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine is going to come in and do some analysis of the SCOTUS decision on firearms in regards to New York State and what the response has been from various uh, states around the country who have been affected 
by um, the uh, the SCOTUS decision with their concealed carry permit schemes, and uh, that should be a that should be a fun discussion coming up on um, uh, coming up on the program on Friday. So we've already got some stuff lined up, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a fun time. So. Uh, you want to join us in the chat room this morning. The chat room is available over on YouTube this morning. No Facebook. Facebook is, uh, well, I don't know. I actually started about five minutes early this morning trying to make sure that we got up on Facebook. And um, and it just it just never it never popped up. So, I don't know. I, I, I restarted the stream like five or six times this morning. So... When they don't cooperate, you just move on. So I'm just letting you know that the, if you try to reach me on Facebook this morning, it'll be a little tough. Go ahead and reach out to us on YouTube. All right, so the headlines. The headlines, what are the headlines? Well, I was going to talk about this one about Yellowstone. Um, the uh, <clears throat> One of the actresses on Yellowstone um, uh, it was uh, is now been charged with workers' compensation fraud. Um, and I, I was only interested because this actress was very outspoken about a lot of things, and I just found it ironic that they were. We'll get into that later. Maybe we'll do that on Friday as an interesting uh, as an interesting sidebar to our entertainment report. Uh, but meanwhile, let's go over and take a look at this new poll that came out from the New York Times and Siena College. Um, it uh, turns out that according to this poll. Uh, that uh, something like only 26% of Democrats actually support Joe Biden running for a second term. Um, 64% of them just want a new candidate. Just They just want a new candidate. According to the Times, the voters have soured on his leadership the polls. Uh, the poll also gives Biden a 33% job approval rating. Uh, there are some other polls that give him a rating as low as 29%. All of this comes from widespread concerns about the economy and inflation, uh, and they've turned the national mood decidedly dark, said the Times. Uh, both on Mr. Biden and on the, tra- the trajectory of the nation, more than three-quarters of registered voters see the United States moving in the wrong direction. It's a pervasive sense of pessimism that spans every corner of the country, every age range, and, and, and racial group, cities, suburbs, rural areas, as well as both political parties. Swing voters, now those who aren't uh, registered with uh, either major party, we like to call them independents, disapprove of Biden by more than 66%. Overall, it's the younger Democrats who are especially moody. The younger Democrats, some 94% of them under 30, say that they're done with Biden. And uh, they basically want to see a different nominee. Now, they cited various different reasons. Um, one of the most uh, in the uh, one of the biggest reasons in the question was his age, saying 33 years old, followed closely by unhappiness on how he was doing the job. And then uh, about one in eight Democrats just said they wanted somebody new. One in 10 said he was not progressive enough. 
So 10% said he wasn't going far enough to the left. And then uh, smaller fractions expressed doubts about his ability to win and his mental acuity. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Of those surveys, uh, those registered voter surveys uh, over at the New York Times, uh, they gave Biden a slight edge over President Trump in a hypothetical 2024 rematch, 44 to 41 percent. But, you know, who knows at this point? But Democrats, they're not on Joe Biden's team. Team Biden is breaking up. They're not uh, they're not having a good time. Well, and again, this goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, just the other day, which was, <clears throat> the, I mean, I guess yesterday, um, it's the economy is stupid. That's what it's about. I mean, we can have a lot of demonstrations, and boy, we have. We've had demonstrations across the country, you know, over Roe v. Wade. We've had demonstrations over the whole January 6th thing. We've had this and that and the other thing. We've had a lot of hate and invective thrown back and forth. But at the end of the day... What people really care about is how are they going to put gas in the tanks of their car? How are they going to put food on their table? How are they going to make sure that they've got enough, you know, heating oil or gas to heat their homes in the winter, in the cooler months, or enough electricity to run their air conditionings in the summer months? I mean, this is what they care about is their day-to-day lives that have the things that have the most impact on what's going on with their family and around them. Um, most of the stuff that you see coming out of Washington, D.C. is pretty far removed from the average everyday life of, of you and me. I mean, we may be mad about something, but does it really affect us directly? If the answer is no, then more than likely we don't. I mean, we might be upset about it and we may want to see a change. But since it's not really affecting us directly, it's not consuming our average everyday thoughts. But when it comes to the economy, we see that every time we go to the grocery store, especially every time we fill up our vehicle, uh, any time that we get our paycheck and we look at the 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 amount of taxes taken out of it and everything, every time we get those things, we're like, oh god, yeah, oh. you know what I mean? It is the economy, stupid, and that's what this proves out. That President Biden, under his leadership and under on his watch, now we can make arguments about what is you know, really what, what power the president really has and what effect he really has on certain things. But I think that there, I mean, here we are into, uh, here we are into uh, year two going on to year three of the, uh, of the Biden administration. And uh, yeah, we're, he's got some, he's got some culpability in some of the things that are going on with some of his policies. I think there's definitely some culpability there. And uh Yeah. He uh, he's he's got to take he's got to take a little bit of the responsibility for this. So as we see, as the economy continues to crater, he's going to have to own some of that. He's going to have to own it. That's the bottom line. And I think we're seeing exactly that in these approval ratings and the fact that only a quarter of Democrats want him to run for a second term and nearly 
well, well over 50%, 64% said they want a new candidate. Now, that's it's been a while since you've seen something like that happen. In fact, the last time it was the economy stupid was Jimmy Carter. The same kind of situation. Um, and so, yeah, he, uh, I mean, where they were, he was not, you know, necessarily a super popular, everybody was a hundred percent behind him. Um, but at this point they may actually not even nominate him as, uh, well, the machine might, but the people, the machine being the political machine, but the people may not be behind him. I mean, those are some alarming numbers, alarming two less than two years into his term. Those are some alarming numbers. 29% job approval rating. Only 26% support a second term. 64% want a new candidate. Oof. And those are his friends. Those are his friends, let alone those of us who are not, are not a fan of President Biden. That's the bottom line there. All right, uh, we gotta uh, we gotta fly here. We're gonna be meeting with Brad Keithley here in just a moment for the weekly top three. The Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll return with more in just a mo. Don't go anywhere. The weekly top three up next. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break. Going to adjust something here. It's going to get crackly for just a hot second. There we go. That's a little better. How's that? That's a little better. Okay. It didn't even get crackly. That's good stuff right there. All right. Good morning. Hard to find us this morning. I actually posted a link on Facebook. It shouldn't have been that hard. Um, it's a Facebook post right at the top of the page uh, to let people know that uh, no Facebook today. Um, I, in fact, I, I have to laugh. Um, I have to laugh because I went over to YouTube Oops, I went over to YouTube and I think I, I I was counting the number of short videos this morning. One, two, three, four. I'm on my fifth new video. <laughs> my fifth new video um, to try and uh, yeah, I mean it's a yeah, it's a hot mess, an absolute hot mess trying to get the show to start this morning. I don't know what's I don't know what was happening. Don't know, don't know, don't care. After five attempts, I started it. I started like three or four minutes early. Um, after three or four attempts, at some point, you just got to be like, nope, sorry, not going to mess with it anymore. I don't know what the problem was. But here we are. Uh, we're in Facebook and we're, uh, we're, we're ready to go. Um, Let's see. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Shared the Facebook post this morning, says Greg. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, we're ready to we're ready to rock and roll. You guys know that if Facebook is not up and running, the first thing you do is check YouTube, right? 
That's the thing. Uh, huge turnout for the fundraiser for Mike Shower last night. Well, that's good to know. Um, I wanted to be there, but uh, uh, duty called. Duty called. Uh, had I had f- familial stuff that I needed to get into. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Not as many comments as normal this morning, so we're gonna we're gonna be fine. Let me uh, let me get over to. Oh, let me do this. Let me open that up right there. Let me get the uh, let me get the meeting squared away. Um, let's see if we can get uh, let's see if we can get Brad Keithley uh, on the line. Hello, hello, computer. Hello. Okay, there we go. All right, I was getting worried for a second. It was not. It was not answering me. I better turn the volume down because usually Brad blows us away here. Let me see. Make sure that uh, we get it all squared away. Oh, I already had. Uh, I already had Brad uh, turned down a little bit. Let's see if he. Let's see if he blows us out of our chair. Good morning, Brad. How are you? Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm, do- I'm doing okay. Um, you turned me down before I even started. Yeah, I tried. Cause I mean, every time we zoom has got a really good connection for the audio. It's like, hello. Oh, look at you. Wait a second. And nobody else can see it. We've, we've got a show. We've got a sh- Everybody's got to see what Brad's got in his hand. Look at that, Brad, show that off, show off that swag. There's Brad with his, uh, common sense core mug. Uh, he's, uh, uh, helping us produce the show. That's what we like there. So he's got his common sense core mug this morning. Um, good for you. Good for you. Look at you repping the show. I now, just, I, I, I had that leg out on the counter for like, how long has it been since I've had it? a week almost? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right there. So I could grab it this morning. Good, good, good. All right. Well, hold the line, Brad. We're going to dive into this here in just a minute. Um, I'm dealing with a no Facebook issue this morning, so I don't know what the situation is, but we're going to be, we're, we're going to figure it out. Okay. Uh, folks, anything else that, uh, we need to, we need to talk about here. Um, Facebook banned you last Friday. They didn't ban me. I did get the warning. I'm a excitement of violence, incitement and violence for violating. I don't know what on earth we could have said that could be. I don't know. I think the gal that called in about was upset about guns probably reported the show and said that it was doing something bad. Hey, ding. Uh, We're going to be jumping back into it with Brad Keithley. Hey, do me a favor. If you haven't subscribed and rang the bell on YouTube, would you do so? You'll get notifications when we go live then, and then you could choose Facebook or YouTube, whichever one's up. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show Common Sense Radio. Okay, uh, ready to uh, join in the fray here, get into the fracas with our friend uh, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. It is the weekly top three. Brad joins us to talk about all the news that's fit print. And uh, oh, wait a second, he's got a, yep, I've got the new, uh, he's got the new picture up here. He's sporting his brand new common sense core mug. 
Uh, look at you, Brad. You're. Ra- I just want you to walk down the street with this, just like that. Just walk down the street, <laughs> holding the mug and pointing to it and saying, "Look at this. This is a sexy mug." <laughs> I'll do that for my new profile. Pic yeah, exactly. His new profile pic is going to be my mug with him, uh, him holding uh, the mug. Uh, Brad's got some. He got some show swag here uh, with the rest of us, and I've just now. Yesterday, I got a big box. So I think I've got the second batch of all the swag. So we'll be breaking that up here in the next uh, few days and figuring out where and who we got to deliver it to. So, um, all right. <clears throat> well, uh, good morning, my friend. How are how are you this fine and foggy and rainy and cloudy morning? Michael, I'm doing great. Did you uh, did you feel the earthquake, the rolling earthquake last night? I would I apparently did not because I was asleep. When did it happen? No, eleven between eleven and twelve. I I was it, it woke me up. So. Oh, was yeah. I I was dead asleep. So I did wake up around midnight, but uh, that was probably had nothing to do with the rolling. It had everything to do with the TB. So that's the tiny bladder. Uh, so we're gonna uh, we'll get we'll get <laughs> that'll up. get you banned. So that, I, I know, exactly. Somebody will be upset about that. Um, all right. Well, let's dive into the weekly top three. So I li- you literally we were chatting about this yesterday, uh, getting ready for the show. And um, and uh, all I could think of was this is like the nightmare edition of the weekly top. There were just some things in there. And this was the, the first one. Number one is the one that really caught my attention, which was some of the new polling that is being looked at by the talking heads. Now, nobody really knows because rank choice voting and everything else. It's really throwing. Sick. But the polling that is coming out is. Um, well, it's not looking good if you'd like to see change, is kind of what I'm coming at. Uh, give me your thoughts on uh, what's happening here for number one of the weekly top three. Well, Ivan Moore from Alaska Research Survey uh, ha- is out with a new poll that um, has a write-up in uh, in the Juneau Empire, for those who are interested. Uh, uh, I, the, the best description of it I've found is in the Juneau Empire. And it's a it's an odd poll. It doesn't seem to really follow ranked choice voting it looks like it, it it at least in the governor's race which i focused on most it looks like it's the old system of you know if everybody just voted once what would the uh, what would the outcome be and, right. and maybe and maybe what ivan's doing is looking at uh the outcome of the uh, of the august primary which is when, when we do only vote once uh but it's a it's an interesting survey it's got uh it's got murkowski ahead uh, and it's got uh, uh, Begich ahead in the congressional race, but the the one that really grabbed my attention, frankly, was the was the governor's race. And right. here's the here's the summary of it uh, in the Empire article. It says Dunleavy appears to have an easy path to a second term in a three way uh, general election race, and would still prevail if one of his two presumed opponents drops out to avoid a split vote. That's that's. Not that's why I don't think this is really you know reflecting ranked choice voting. He is he Dunleavy is favored by fifty point nine percent, with twenty six point four percent of respondents supporting Les Guerra, and twenty two point seven percent independent former Governor Bill Walker. Um, and when you add those numbers up, they add up to a hundred. So he's he's somehow uh, uh, Charlie Pierce and and Kirka and the other candidates aren't being reflected. Uh, in this poll. Um, but what really struck me, what really, I, it, it, first of all, it struck me that, that Dunleavy was, was that far ahead. Right. Uh, it's, it struck me that Charlie wasn't, that Charlie wasn't mentioned in the poll. 
Um, and it struck me that Gera and uh, and Walker were uh, were so close to each other. Gera with twenty six point four and Walker with twenty two point seven. But it made me start to think about about if this if this is let's just take for a moment that this is a good uh, estimate of where the election cycle is going. Made me start to think about what the heck is a Dunleavy second term going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is the answer is I, the answer is I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so so Jeff Landfield had a piece up in um, in the Alaska landmine uh, last week that you know some will some will complain about, but I thought it was a fairly good analysis of the Dunleavy administration. Dunleavy starts out in 2018 running for governor for a full PFD and payback of uh, of the of the uncollected or undistributed portion of the PFD from, uh, from prior years. Um, and that doesn't pan out so well. And so, right. you know, so last year or the year before last, whichever it was the year before last, I guess, um, Dunleavy comes out in favor of a POMV 50, 50 PFD, which is a, which is a, a, a reduction off of a full statutory PFD and sort of drops the discussion about, uh, about, uh, the payback. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we, in, in one election cycle, in one four-year term, we've gone from a full PFD with pay at, payback to a full PFD to a POMV 50-50 PFD. So what, where does, what, 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 what comfort does that give us when we start thinking about uh, a Dunleavy second term? What, what's the guy running on now? Uh, presumably he's running on POMV 50-50. Uh, presumably, he's running on still uh, on, uh, on on that uh, that proposal, the discount, the PFD discount proposal. But he's still not saying, you know, it, it's how to, how he's still not explaining how we get there. Because right. when you look out over the over the ten year term, when you look out over uh, 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 the fiscal's over the over the next ten years, five years, three years. Uh, we go back into deficit uh, uh, as oil prices uh, oil prices come down, as future oil prices, as the futures market selling us oil prices come down. So to get there, to get to even a POMV 50-50, we have to do one of two things. We have to either cut spending deeply, which he tried, failed in 2019 and hasn't tried again, or we have to have substitute revenues. We have to have alternate alternate revenues to... Uh, to fill the gap, and he's and he's essentially refused to to consider those. So how how do we how do we get there? I mean, there, there's there's no plan that he's outlined that that tells us how we get from point A to point B. He's told us he's told us, I guess, where point B is, but there's no plan that tells us how we get from point from where we are now from point A to 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 point B. Well, this is a so, t- that's a typical politician response, isn't it? Here's what I'm going to give you. Never going to tell you how we're going to get there. Usually, nine times out of ten, you never hear exactly how they're going to get there. They just make the promises, and they don't delineate all the steps along the way. Well, it's not only not delineating all the steps; it's not deline- delineating any of the steps. And we've got a we've got another you know we've got a situation where we we haven't paid back the CBR yet. And when you and when you add in a CBR repayment, uh, which you really should when you look at the long-term fiscal outlook, uh, it, the situation's even even more challenging. It's even more in need of steps to get to 
uh, where he's outlined now, where he's going on uh, on PMMV fifty fifty. So uh, this poll is is interesting from a lot of perspectives. It's interesting that it's showing Dunleavy so far ahead of of Walker and Guerra. And when you combine the two, Walker and Guerra combine the two, he's still ahead uh, of their combined vote less solidly, but right. nevertheless still ahead of the combined vote. So it's it's interesting from that st- standpoint, but it's interesting, you know, to also confront what the heck this means over the long term. Confront, you know, what a Dunleavy second term right uh, would be. Well, I got to say that you know I usually enjoy Ivan Moore's polls. I don't always you know I don't agree with him politically or anything, but it's always an interesting insight. But the first thing that I thought of when I read this article in the Empire and took a look at it was that I was concerned about his methodology, specifically on the governor's race. Um, I mean, this is a, you know, it's really a four or a five-way race, and he focuses only on the top three contenders. And so I I don't know what questions were asked. I don't know what candidates were offered in the question, but it really starts to make me, you know, ask like, well, what, did he just throw Charlie and Kirka and the rest of them out? Um, that Dunleavy, it's a, it's just assumed that he's going to be the single Republican candidate or what? Um, so that, that it really starts to make me question what was the what was the methodology used in here? Because usually, like I said, Ivan's pretty good about this. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So uh, you know, I don't even know how to read this at this point, and I think that's part of the problem with the whole ranked choice thing is that anybody who's done analysis for a long time is still kind of stymied by the potentiality of you know, spoilers and different things happening. I agree. I agree that the methodology is screwy. And, you know, as I say, when you, when you add up all these votes, they add, or we add up all the percentages, they add up to a hundred percent among the three of them. So he's done something odd with, uh, with, with Kirka and, uh, and, uh, and, and Pierce. Uh, but, but, but the numbers are so big for Dunleavy. You at least have to, you, you at least yeah. have to think that directionally it might be going. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, in, in the right direction. And and as I say, that makes me start to think about what you know. What are we really talking about in terms of a Dunleavy administration? I mean, yeah. Well, you and I have talked about this on the show before. It's a very poll-driven administration. So maybe the answer is whatever the polls tell you over exactly. the next four years. Well, I think that's, that's where you'll go. Another four years of, of of weak leadership, I think, is what it would be. I mean, I think that would summate the whole thing of inept and weak leadership, lacking communication with the people who matter at this point, which would be the public. Um, and, um, I mean, I, I, I would be very frustrated uh, by that for sure. Uh, especially since I think somebody like Charlie Pierce would make a much better, uh, a much better governor uh, in the long run. All right. Well, uh, that's number one. Number two is uh, is of course what's going to be happening with Willow, the decision in Willow. So, give us a sketch real quick. We'll take about uh, 60, 90 seconds, and then we'll jump into the break and come back. Well, there are two big oil prospects up on the oil developments up on the on the slope that we need to be tracking uh, as we consider uh, where the North Slope oil development is going. One is the Pika Project, Oil Search's Pika Project. We've talked a lot about that on the show. The other is the Conoco Willow Project. The Conoco Willow Project is more advanced than Pika in the sense that they've defined the project, they've applied for the permits, the approvals. They got the permits and approvals that they needed during the Trump administration, um, but then the court found those 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 approvals 
rushed and deficient uh, and uh, and sent it back. Uh, it's been back before the Bureau of Land Management for a supplemental environmental impact statement. Last Friday, on Friday, the uh, the BLM Bureau of Land Management published the supplemental environmental impact statement, and I think it gives us some hint about where the uh, Willow Project is going. So we're going to talk about that uh, uh, after the break when we come back. Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. You can find him at ak4sb.com and, of course, on the Facebook and the Twitter and all the different uh, – not on Twitch. <clears throat> Brad's not on Twitch yet, but, you know, we'll we'll break him into it. Uh, we'll break him into it here eventually. All right. Uh, we got more coming up. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. We will uh, be back with more of the weekly top three. Right here on your home for common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we are in the break right now with Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. The owner of the most popular restaurant in Delta just put up a big Walker Drygus sign in his highway frontage property yesterday, says the moose is loose. I saw a couple uh, pictures that were shared with me from Fairbanks for some of the local businesses with the same sign, which is a little surprising to me. Um uh, well, I mean, I guess surprising in one way, but at the same time, not surprising in others, because then you've got, uh, you know, you realize some of the names that are behind some of these businesses, and it really plays right back into what Brad's been talking about, which is the top 20% trying to protect their own. And Bill Walker is the epitome of crony capitalism, uh, you know, protecting the special interests, protecting the government spend for these companies that make big money. Um, one of the businesses I'm thinking of specifically, big money off state contracts, um, and so not surprising that they would surprise they would support the Walker Drygus team. Um, I'll be honest with you, Brad. When I read these uh, numbers, um, like you said, <clears throat> seeing that they were evenly split, uh, and even Ivan Moore makes the comment that if one of the two dropped out, if Walker or if uh, Lesgara dropped out. Dunleavy would still win based on the numbers that he's showing. And again, questioning his methodology and where are the other candidates and everything else. But I mean, it uh, that is interesting to see. Now, the question is, can Charlie get enough recognition across the state right now to, uh, you know, to make a difference, to 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 move the needle on that and get him into that top four? Well, I would, you know, Charlie should have a pretty strong vote coming out of the Kenai. He he ought to have a piece of the uh, of the Matsu vote. Uh, it's really name recognition and getting around and getting getting uh, his name out there. Um, I yeah, I I'm just I'm just surprised by that Dunleavy number, and I'm surprised. Frank, I guess two things surprised me. One is the how high the Dunleavy number is. And how low the 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 Walker number is, you know, you would think for uh, a former governor, and uh, you would think for somebody who's, as, as you say, getting uh, getting the top twenty top twenty percent support he's getting, you would think those numbers, uh, you would think his number would be higher. I guess I'm a little bit encouraged that his number isn't very high. Um, 
But Charlie, uh, I think Charlie really needs to, he needs to solidify the Kenai. Um, and he needs to, to make inroads in the Matsu. He's got Edie as a Lieutenant Governor candidate who's up and, and seemingly very active up in the Matsu and that, and that ought to help, but he needs to be, uh, be able to make some, uh, inroads, uh, into the Matsu, I think, to solidify that number four position. And once he gets the, once he gets the number four position, once he's on the, on the, on the dais as one of those who's running in, uh, in the general, uh, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll, uh, move on up, uh, from there. Um, it's going to be a tough race. I mean, Dunleavy's numbers are high, but if you keep asking the question, what are we going to get in a second term? <laughs> but what's the direction of the second term? What's the vision for the second term? What's the, what's the purpose of the second term? Why do you want to be governor, uh, again, uh, after the last four years? Um, if you keep asking that question, uh, and, and you sort of, you're going to get, you know, the deer in the headlights look, uh, I, I think that's an opening for, uh, for Charlie. No, I I would agree, and I, I think Charlie's got some groundswell support. I really wish that he had jumped into the race about three months earlier, but he because uh, I think he would have had a little bit more uh, leg in the you know uh, running room in the race. But I think that he is getting some uh, some groundswell support, and I hope that uh, uh, I hope that he's successful in in nudging the needle and getting into that. That that's the key here, right? The key for Charlie is getting into the top four, because then. He's at least you've got a comparative for Dunleavy, you know, um, and I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that uh, he's able to to do that. Um, uh, so we'll 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 see what uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, you're not you're not on the platform for November if you're not in the top four. So that's that's certainly that's certainly a key. And I and I you know I, I'm certain there's going to be common uh, people watching the show who will who will sort of blow up at this, but I. I just don't see Kirka ever winning the governor's race. No, so, no. So, so if you're in the Matt Sue, I mean, I think that, I think the pitch to the Matt Sue is a practical one, right? Um, do you want Dunleavy or do you want an alternative to Dunleavy right. that can win? And, um, and I, and I think Charlie is, is that, I just don't see Christopher uh, 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 ever getting to a point under rank choice, unranked choice, whatever. Uh, ever getting to a point where he could uh, where he could win the general? Well, and even uh, uh, and he, he, I, I was told privately that even Kirka has said that initially about his run that he, he's really not you know he doesn't think he's going to win governor, but he just wants to get the he wants to be able to to help fold the narrative and and craft the narrative of what's going on, uh, which is all well and good, but at some point you got to be like that's you know. That's not working, and you're you're acting as a spoiler for the rest of the race. All right, uh, we're going to jump back into this and uh, and continue. Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Please like and follow, hit subscribe, ring the bell. Let's get it done. Here we go. Brad Keithley continues with us. It is our weekly top three. We're in number two. We're talking about what are the next steps in the Willow Project, um, which has been touted as a 
you know, big revenue generator for the state and, uh, you know, more more oil in the pipeline, et cetera, et cetera. But what does it really mean? Uh, we're going to talk uh, about that uh, right now. Uh, what, uh, Brad, uh, continue on with the number number two. Well, the BLM, we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago uh, about where Willow was. And, and the BLM, uh, Bureau of Land Management, supplemental EIS, supplemental environmental impact statement, is a critical step. Uh, in this process. Willow had approval once uh, under the Trump administration. It got tossed by the court, uh, by the Alaska District Court, rather than appeal it and, and, and go up and spend time doing that. Both the federal government, both the Biden administration and Conoco decided not to appeal and to work on the supplemental environmental impact statement to try to get back to where the Willow project was uh, under the Trump administration. This supplemental EIS uh, lays the, the the groundwork or the framework for for where the project goes from here uh, during the during the Biden administration. And what we talked about when we talked about this on the show last time was uh, the, the concern that the BLM would approve the project, but approve it with such conditions and restrictions that it would be at the margin. Uh, of 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 economic uh, of of an economic project for Conoco, and it's not just does the project make money, it's it's does the project make money in a way that's competitive with Conoco's other uh, projects. Remember that the Conoco that exists now is different than the Conoco that existed uh, two years ago, right? Uh, when we were at this process, Conoco is a lot more focused on shale oil. Uh, these days, it's made major acquisitions in Texas of Texas uh, uh, companies and Texas producing areas, and is really much more a shale company than it than it used to be. And so, when Conoco is looking at its investments, it's comparing uh, investing uh, the the next dollar uh, either in Alaska or uh, in shale oil development down uh, down in Texas. And shale has a lot of advantages. It's it's a shorter cycle. You get your money out. Faster, it's it's less expensive in the sense that you don't have to spend as much money up front to to develop oil. You just it's sort of a manufacturing process. You just go drill the next well and the next well and the next well, as opposed to have to develop all of the infrastructure that you do uh, uh, with an Alaska project. Alaska project is a lot longer term project. So it's the the question is is the is the is the approval. That that BLM is likely to give or will give the Willow project is that going to make for an economic project, an economically attractive project uh, for Conoco? And and the answer is we don't know yet. Uh, what BLM did on Friday was outline five alternatives without yet picking the alternative with the with the conditions that. Uh, that they will that they will approve. These five are now open for public comment again over the next 45 day period. That may be expen- extended a little bit, but are now open for public comment before the before the BLM makes a, makes its final decision on what what form of project it's approved for Conoco. The five uh, options ranged from full approval for everything Conoco asked for, uh, the 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 big project that it asked for to no approval of anything, uh, the no action uh, option. Um, and, and then the, the other uh, three were, were sort of uh, at various ranges between, between those two. The, the new one that, that the BLM outlined 
was a significantly cut back uh, project. The new the new option that BLM outlined was a significantly reduced uh, footprint for the project. It didn't approve all of the pads, uh, drilling pads that Conoco had asked for and that were approved in the original uh, Trump administration approval, um, and restricted restricts the footprint uh, uh, quite a bit. As, uh, as it was described in the Anchorage Daily News article, which is a good summary uh, of it, uh, BLM uh, highlighted one new development alternative in the draft environmental review that it said would reduce Willow's potential footprint. The proposal would remove two of the five proposed drill sites from consideration, including eliminating the northernmost proposed drill site and associated infrastructure uh, in, in a special area that's inside uh, 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 MPRA. BLM expects uh, expects that under this alternative, ConocoPhillips would need to give up significant lease rights it acquired in the special area. The proposal includes a possible fourth drill site uh, out of the out of the five, a possible fourth, but approval of that would require an additional environmental review process under federal law. Uh, the statement said. So, I, I what what the what the Biden administration is trying to do is is find a middle ground for them politically, a middle ground for them that's between the no action that the environmental community wants and is pushing and is screaming about and the and the full five the 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 big conoco the 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 full conoco project that was approved under trump and that you know senator murkowski and senator sullivan and others are pushing the administration to approve they're trying to find a middle ground between those two and the question is going to be whether the middle ground they ultimately come to uh as i say is going to be economically attractive for uh for conoco what what the environmental community would hope is if if the Biden administration is going to approve anything, it's going to be something that that the Biden administration can claim they approve, but Conoco finds less economically attractive uh, than uh, than its alternate developments. Right. So, I mean, they've got to look at it in its totality. How might we you know to maximize the profits, to maximize what we need to do to make it economically feasible? We need the five different drilling sites, but now that they've reduced it down to four or three, then now is it really even feasible to kick off the whole thing at all? I mean, you know, and and again, you, you hit the nail on the head. This is Biden seeking that political middle. This is about politics. This is not about energy. This is not about sustainability. This is not even about environmentalism. This is about politics. Oh, it is. Absolutely. I mean, and, and what's driving it, what's driving it is the desire to approve something, which which helps uh, uh, which helps support Senator Murkowski, because Senator Murkowski can then say, "Look, there's a benefit to me, you know, working with the Biden administration on certain issues. Uh, the Biden administration works with us uh, on uh, on other issues. Right. The Biden administration wants to achieve that, but the Biden administration doesn't want to go so far that they that they lose the environmental community uh, on the other side. So it's a it, it it's it's an interesting process to watch. They've got this middle. What they what what some are going to say uh, is this middle ground outlined there. Uh, we've got the forty five day comment process, and then BLM takes all those comments into consideration and uh, and makes its uh, its final decision. We aren't there yet uh, in in terms of the final decision. You know, if the Biden administration is really politically. Uh, 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 attuned over this, if they're really driving at it, what they may do is come out with a decision before the election so that so that it supports Murkowski, but with a decision that Conoco can't turn around fast enough in terms of in terms of their decision on the economics 
uh, and we don't find out whether it's a real project, whether it's a whether, whether what they approved was enough to get Conoco to go forward until after the election. So it's a it's a process that uh, that's still playing out, but a very important process from the standpoint of Alaska in terms of uh, in terms of oil production on the slope and to some degree uh, revenues. Willow is less important than Pika from a revenue standpoint because Willow's on federal lands, and so the royalty goes in accordance with federal law, very little of it to the state. Um, we get production tax off of the production, but we don't get the royalty. PICA will get both royalty uh, and production tax. So from a revenue standpoint, PICA is more important, but from a production standpoint, you know, keeping the pipeline operating and all that sort of stuff, and to some degree from a revenue standpoint, Willow, uh, Willow is important as well. Number three, the weekly top three, down to about four minutes here. Um, I tried not to gag as I got past the headline. In turbulent times, Alaska needs a leader as governor. An opinion piece in the ADN from Al Bolia uh, talking about how Bill Walker is the only choice of any blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brad. Tell me your thoughts. <laughs> Well, Al Belay is a guy I respect. Al Belay uh, uh, used to head the pipeline operations for BP Alaska. He uh, he's a consultant and uh, and a lecturer and a, and a professor on leaders on the issue of leadership and how you uh, identify leaders and how you develop leaders and somebody who whose uh, readings and or whose writings and and uh, and discussions I've followed for a long time and, and have a lot of respect for. Um, except in this case. Uh, so Al, Al writes his column in the ADN and the ADN op-ed uh, about uh, about leadership and, you know, and analyzes leaders and analyzes Walker in terms of leadership and finds him the leader that Alaska needs, as you say, and as the headline says, uh, for tur turbulent times. But but this is this is sort of classic, right? He's leading us where? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not just is is anyone a leader it's the question of where he's leading us, where he proposes to lead us to. The thing that Walker has not addressed that I've seen, and I've tried to follow closely, the thing that Walker's not addressed, uh, uh, at least to my satisfaction uh, in, in, in any part, is, is what his answer is for fiscal policy going forward from the revenue side. I mean, I, I, he's, he's coming out with all these criticisms of Dunleavy and Dunleavy's vetoes, you know, the bare minimum of vetoes that we had in this budget. He's coming out with all these criticisms of Dunleavy and, and Dunleavy's spending policies and, you know, where Walker would spend that Dunleavy didn't and right, right. policies Walker would. But how's he going to pay for it? Um, well, you know, we, know, is, we know how is, he's going to pay for it. He's well, going to take but, the but entire he, permanent fund. That's how he's going to pay for it. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't say he tries very carefully to avoid that. And in doing so, he avoids saying anything. So, you know, from the standpoint of a leader, you want a leader to outline his vision, outline the full vision, not just the partial vision, not just the I'm going to spend here and spend there and spend there. You, you, you want you want to I mean, fiscal policy is two parts. Fiscal policy is where are you going to how are you how are you going to spend it? What are you going to spend it on? But the second and equal part is how are you going to raise the revenues to, to, to support all that spending? And Walker Walker is studiously avoiding the second. So I've got a. I've got to disagree with uh, with with Al on his assessment of Walker uh, in this regard. I mean, a leader would tell you that the both the good and the bad. He's gonna he would tell you where, where from a fiscal policy standpoint, where am I going to spend? What am I going to support? What are my pol spending policies going to be? But equally, he would say, 
How am I going to raise the revenues? Who's it going to affect? Why is my revenue proposals better than anybody else's revenue proposals? How does it affect the Alaska economy? How does the, how do the re, those revenue policies affect uh, Alaska families and, and walkers just entirely? Uh, right. As I say, when he's when he's highlighting a rate on the permanent fund as creating a more stable permanent fund, that's part of the problem right there. That's not leadership as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, I'm not the expert on that. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Thanks for coming on board, my friend. I appreciate it. Michael, as always, thanks for having me. Folks, we're out of time. Hour two is dead ahead. Chris Story coming up. Maybe some phone calls, some discussions. We'll be back with more right after this. I mean, Brad, this this whole thing, and again, with all I don't know Al Balea from a hole in the ground, but uh, with all due respect to him, this is one of the craziest things that I've ever uh, that I've ever seen. Again, highlighting and touting the fact that he rated. That was one of the things that he says here. First and foremost, Bill Walker is courageous. He does not shy away from challenges, and he confronts issues head on. From policies making the budget and the permanent fund sustainable to expanding Medicaid to provide tens of thousands of people with health care. Yeah, who's how's it being paid for? Oh, the one is being paid for by the other. I see. We're going to continue. And all these pie-in-the-sky ideas all being made possible by taking from the permanent fund. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. It's it's courageous. I mean, essentially, the, the, the extrapolation of that is it's courageous to take money from middle and lower income Alaska families and let the top 20%, Al's well in the top 20%, let the top 20% escape. Uh, any responsibility for uh, for those for those spending policies? Yeah, that's not that's not courage. But but Walker's just Walker's trying to play in in some sense, trying to play like the like his first administration didn't happen, right? Right. It's, well, it's, he wants actually he wants to have it both ways. I'm a proven leader who's done the job, but don't pay attention to anything that I did back then. <laughs> I mean, you know, right? I mean, that's what he wants. He wants both. He wants to cut both ways. Yeah, and we're beginning to see. I mean, Al's is uh, is one of several. Uh, Adam Wool did an op-ed. It, it was in the news finder. It may have been elsewhere uh, in support of Walker. I mean, Walker's got this support group that's starting to roll out uh, these these op-eds about how great Walker is and how great the administration was, um, and and how he's great. But but it's all it's all the the top twenty percent spend. But don't make me pay for any of it, uh, uh, crowd. I mean, Adam was in the legislature proposed cutting the PFD down to down to a ten percent ten percent of the right. POMV, right? Um, and and you know, and Al is is doing what he's doing. It's you, you've got to you've got to look under the hood and see you know the motivations of of the people that are supporting Walker, and it's the, and it's the same old crowd going down the same old direction. So. You know, we started we started this today's segment by complaining about Dunleavy and and where would Dunleavy's uh, uh, second term go? You know, what, what's what's the goal of the second term? Why are you running for governor? We sort of know what Walker, why Walker's running for governor. Uh, he sort of answered that question, but it's the wrong answer. So it's um, we're we're not we're not making much progress in terms of uh, in terms of the candidates, uh, uh, the candidates that we've talked about leading uh, leading us forward to a better day ahead. Yeah, no, it's uh, 
It's definitely, like I said, the nightmare edition, the weekly top three. <laughs> Dunleavy, Walker, I mean, you know, the whole thing. I mean, it's it's uh, insane. We we really, I mean, my personal opinion is I, I we, I've got to do everything possible to get Charlie at least enough name recognition to be into that top four. So there can be a real discussion and a real debate, and there could be a counterpoint to Dunleavy, that people who are dissatisfied with him can at least have another choice. Uh, Charlie came. Ballot. Charlie came out with a good op-ed uh, over the weekend. I think it was over the weekend. Um, you know, I saw it in the Peninsula. Maybe it was in. Uh, maybe it was in other newspapers as well. He was talking about K through twelve education policy and really hitting hard on administrative costs. Doing some analysis of of how much of Alaska K through twelve spending goes toward administration versus the lower forty eight, and focusing on the fact that that we're administration heavy. Uh, up here. We don't put as much uh, as a percent into the classroom. So Charlie's starting to get out there uh, with uh, with some analysis and some uh, some discussion of uh, fiscal issues that uh, that at least thus far looks uh, looks fairly promising. Yeah, no. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how things go out. Uh, I mean, here we are. We're uh, 34 days away from uh, from the primary. And uh, we'll see we'll see what comes of this very interesting a poll for the legislature and a primary for the rest of everybody else pretty much at this point. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll see how it all goes out. Uh, Brad, final thoughts here before we let you go this morning. Anything else uh, on your mind or things you're looking at, et cetera? Well, I I uh, I, I keep following. I mean, Willow's important. Uh, I keep following Pika. What we're waiting for on the Pika project is financing. Uh, I mean, oil search is continuing to, you know, make plans around how they would develop, but they don't have the money. They don't. Uh, Santos hasn't made the commitment, the financial commitment to uh, to bring that project uh, forward. They keep talking about trying to find other investors in it. Uh, there's been no announcements of other investors. I mean, I'd, occasionally you see an article in the Australian press. Santos is Australian based. Occasionally you see an article in, this, in the Australian press about uh about various companies looking at uh, co-investing with uh, in the Pika development, but we haven't seen anything concrete about it. So I keep I keep following every place I can to see if I can pick up hints of uh, people actually getting serious about putting money into Pika. We need that. Right, it's a big project for us. So that's that's basically the uh, the other thing that I keep uh, keep reading the daily press on. Well, we'll keep our ears to the ground and our eyes open, and uh, and like I said, we'll start pulling. Uh, uh, we'll start pulling even harder for uh, for Charlie to at least get into the top four, so that we can have another option when it comes time to election day, and we're not just stuck with the three that we. I mean, again, this whole Ivan Moore poll just kind of you know uh, uh, where were where were the other ones, or they were they just it didn't even matter at that point. I guess is the question. So we'll uh, we'll have to see. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on board and joining with us, uh, 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 Brad. Uh, we look forward to talking with you next week, okay? Michael, as always, thanks for having me. All right, Brad Keithley, our guest, uh, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. And uh, we're going to uh, we'll, – we'll talk with him again next week. Meanwhile, getting ready to dive into Hour 2 of the Michael Duke Show. We'll see what this looks like here. Um, and uh, see what you guys have to say as we continue. Please subscribe and ring the bell. If you haven't subscribed and rang the bell yet on YouTube, do so. You'll get notifications that way when we go live if we can't get on Facebook. Let's jump into it. Here we go.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Hello and good morning to you. It is the Michael Duke Show, hour two of this Tuesday edition of the show. We just finished up with Brad Keithley and the weekly top three nightmare edition. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a, oh man, it's good stuff. Uh, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it on our podcast. Podcasts are available every day um, on Google, uh, Castbox, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Google Play, the whole place, and of course on our favorite spot of Spotify. Um, you can go out there and uh, and take a look at it and uh, and 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 listen to everything, download it, get it all set up and ready to go. Uh, so feel free to uh, feel free to uh, to dial in and and uh, get all that done. Um, we are going to be talking here in just a bit with Chris Story, the man from Homer. I have no idea what. Uh, uh, I have no idea what uh, he is going to be talking about today. We'll get the full we'll get the full rundown from him here in just a little bit. But meanwhile, I wanted to follow along with um, um, uh, we, I wanted to follow along with what Brad was just talking about in these different pieces, and specifically this Ivan Moore uh, survey uh, that came out and was talked about in the Juno Empire, uh, because it just really brought forward, to me anyway, it brought forward to my mind the importance of, um, uh, of, uh, of getting Charlie Pierce into that top four position. Um, Charlie, you know, obviously, uh, I've made no bones about it. Charlie is my pick for the gubernatorial candidate, uh, because I think he's got the track record and I think he's got the, uh, um, I think he's got the wherewithal and the knowledge to be able to be a effective executive. Um, and I think that that would be fantastic. But when you look at what, um, uh, uh, Ivan Moore has put together, uh, in his polling on the uh, on the governor's race, you realize that he is completely ignoring uh, the uh, the potential of a fourth candidate to come in. He really only is ranking or talking about uh, Dunleavy or Guerra 
or Walker. And so I don't know. Um, I don't know what the you know what the questions were in the poll. I don't know what candidates were offered to the various uh, to the various uh, you know poll takers in this regard. But it just strikes me that when you look at this and you see again, uh, Brad was just talking about this, but I'll repeat it for those of you who missed uh, hour one and are not members of the six o'clock club. It says here in this article in The Empire by uh, Mark Sabatini, who who uh, takes most of his data here from the Ivan Moore poll. It says Dunleavy appears to have an easy path to a second term in a three-way general election race and would still prevail if one of his two presumed opponents dropped out to avoid the split. Now, that's fine, except for the fact that that's not what the new law says. The new law says that the top four vote-getters will be there. The top four vote-getters will be in this race. So, to me, this is a little bit disingenuous to talk about it this way. But if it was a three-way race, Dunleavy would be favored by a 50.9% win in a three-way race, with 26% supporting uh, Guerra and 22% supporting independent Bill Walker. That being said, if Charlie Pierce is in there and is able to pull even 5 or 6% of the vote, then you've got a whole different situation. Um, if Dunleavy is picked as the number one position for many people and Charlie is picked as number two, then you would have a completely different scenario. Because then in the second round of voting, because nobody has achieved the magical 50% mark, now you'd have a whole different track uh, on this. And to me, this is, again, why it's important that we get uh, <clears throat> we get Charlie Pierce enough name recognition to get out there. Um, somebody said in the chat room a little bit earlier, uh, if Charlie was to get into the top four, he absolutely has a good chance to win. I think some folks are supporting Dunleavy simply because they don't realize that Charlie Pierce exists. And I think that that's probably true. Charlie's got a huge following on the peninsula. Um, and I think he's starting to get a following in portions of the valley. But what about Fairbanks? But what about, uh, you know, the more conservative parts of Anchorage? I mean, I think this is this is where... We, as the grassroots supporters of somebody like Charlie, need to step up and uh, and really remind our friends and relatives that there is another choice, um, uh, you know, that there is another choice out there as well. Um, so it, it's it's super important, a super important that we uh, get our names and get the names uh, of Charlie Pierce out there and Edie Grunewald into the minds of a lot of these people. So, uh, you know, reach out to the Pierce campaign, see where he's going to be. If he's going to be in your community uh, anytime in the next 34 days before the primary, do what you can do, help support him, get people to his rallies, get people educated, do, you know, do all the things, reach out there and get it done because he has got to be able to get into that top four to be able to have a chance to counteract some of the things that Dunleavy is standing for and saying. That's pretty much the bottom line at this point. 
Um, all right. Um, I've got a line on hold, which I'm going to talk to here in a second. We got Chris Story coming up here in about uh, oh eight nine minutes, and then tomorrow on the program, Kelly Shabaka is going to be joining us. Uh, candidate for U.S. Senate. She'll be joining us in Hour 2. On Friday, Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine will be talking with us about the SCOTUS decisions on guns and more. Let's go over to the phones here on the uh, Satellite West call-in line at 907-433-3150 and see what these folks have to say. Oh, and they just hung up. I was just going to the phone line. <clears throat> sad. That's That's very sad. I was just getting ready to go to the phone lines. And uh, so the phone lines are open, I guess, is what I was saying. 907-433-3150. Christopher in the chat room said, I did a personal poll and no one I know had ever heard of Charlie Pierce. That's part of the problem. That's part of the problem, Christopher. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you need to find out if Charlie is doing a meet or greet or is going to be somewhere uh, meeting people in your hometown or your area, now is the time to go. You know, now is the time to go out there and uh, and let them know and educate them on it and invite them to come along. You know, talk to those people that's never heard of Charlie and figure it out. Care uh, Cliff says, as a member of one of the top four political parties, I resent the pollsters picking numbers. Pollsters are going to do what pollsters do. And, of course, we don't really know. The, the The question is always on the methodology, right? I mean, what questions are they ask, actually asking to get the, the, uh, the numbers or the ideas that they're then extrapolating out? But uh, you're right. I mean, it is a little bit frustrating and especially frustrating in light of the fact that we can't even see if this methodology follows the ranked choice vote. He talks about ranked choice voting in this article. They talk about ranked choice voting for the other races. They talk about the ranked choice and the and the you know the the effect of all four candidates in both the Congress race and the U.S. Senate race. But they don't. He, he doesn't talk about it when it comes to the governor's race, which kind of makes me scratch my head and go, what? Uh, it's a little weird on that. Uh, let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say on the Satellite West call-in line at 433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello? Are you with me, caller? Oh, I'm sorry. That's me. I didn't push the button hard enough. Let me push the button harder. <laughs> Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Bonnie in North Pole. Hello, Bonnie in North Pole. What's on your mind? My, I know a lot about Charlie Pierce, but I know nothing okay. about Grunwald. I know nothing about her at all. I've been allotted to meet and greet with Charlie Pierce, but she is never there. So how am I going to decide about it, you know, about her? Do you know anything about her? Oh, I know quite a bit about her. Um, she is a retired military uh, mom. She was a director uh, in in uh, Department of Veterans Affairs. She um, she's a you know an activist for conservative causes around the, around the state, and uh, she's a, a heck of a nice lady. Um, have you have you gone out and looked at the website to look at her bio or anything else like that? Yes, yes, I've gone there and seen that. I've gone to Mr. Pierce's meet and greet. 
I've only seen her one time with her, him here in Fairbanks. So you really know nothing about her. When, she, when he was in here in North Pole, he was there. She's not. Right. How are you going to find in talk to the lady? I mean, I'm not, you know, I like Charlie Pierce. He's a competitive guy, but you don't know anything about her if you don't hear her speak in person. Well, she's been on the program a couple oh. times, so, uh, you know, and I'm sure we'll have her back on again. Uh, so you'll just have to tune in, Bonnie, okay. and, and listen to it there, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you. All have right. a good day now. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect the candidates to go uh, uh, to, to go to everything together. It makes more sense to divide and conquer, to split up the territories and attend different things. Uh, not that I really am voting for a lieutenant governor candidate, quite honestly, Um there's really only one important thing that the lieutenant governor does, and that is oversee the division of elections. Um, so it would be – it's definitely interesting to uh, to see that. But I'm not so much worried about the lieutenant governor candidate as I am about the governor uh, of who's going to be governor of the state of Alaska. But thank you, Bonnie, for your call. I appreciate it. All right. We're uh, running up against the break. We're going to take, uh, we're gonna take it now, and we're going to uh, be back. Chris Story, the man from Homer, will be joining us shortly. And we'll see what else comes about. How about that? The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Well, Brian's not wrong when he said for that reason alone it would be worth voting for Edie. Since the fact that she would be in charge of the, um, since she would be in charge of the uh, uh, division of elections, and you you are right on that. You are you are right on that faux show. Uh, we need to see more Charlie signs. Where can we get some? And who here already has some? Um, that's a good question. Um, I would assume that you can go out to. Uh, the Charlie Pierce website, which is uh, um, charlie2022.com, charlie-2022.com, um, and you can get uh, some of the signs that they've got uh, out there. Um, I'm just looking to see. Yeah, they've got the full thing on uh, Edie Grunwald for Bonnie. Uh, former chair of the Alaska Parole Board, civic community leader, 31 years of the Air Force, retired to the rank of colonel. Um, yeah, she's 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 doing some good stuff in there. Um, all right, um, I just I, I I smile every time every time I see her. She's such a she's got such a great smile. Every time I see her, I just I smile. 
Uh, anyway, you could find out more about uh, how to get uh, signs and connect with them and everything else and what events they've got coming on. What is, uh, what's Charlie doing now? Saturday, July 16th, he's going to be at the Bear Paw Festival down in Eagle River. Um, and then on July 24th, he's got a spaghetti dinner and an auction at Kreiner's Diner. Uh, that's what they've got uh, so far listed on their site. So um, go out there and uh, check it out. But Bear Paw Festival this weekend uh, down in Eagle River. So after the parade, you could stop by and you could see him there. Um, okay, Charlie, uh, yeah, let me, I'll post that in the chat room so people can see it. But yeah, if you, you know, I suggest that you reach out and, uh, and get, uh, get more people, get more people involved in the conversation. That's what I would do. All right. Uh, weekly top three. Um, um, I was listening. <clears throat> I just got a text message. Sorry. I got a text message and it said, listening and wondering what your caller knows about Dunleavy's running mate, especially regarding elections. So that would be the, I guess that you're right. That would be a good counterpoint. So Bonnie, if you're still listening, what do you know about, um, what do you know about, uh, Dunleavy's running mate? I've totally forgotten her name. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> totally forgotten her name at this point. Wow. Okay. Um, I guess that's, uh, that's old age for you. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> one of the, uh, one of the members of it, former members of his administration, uh, not, uh, oh my gosh, that's, that's killing me. Now I, uh, Dunleavy running mate. There we go. Uh, Nancy Dahlstrom. There you go. Nancy Dahlstrom. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sometimes I worry about myself. <laughs> Can't remember the name. So anyway, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, what do you know about Nancy Dahlstrom? Anything? Anything? We'll wait. We'll wait to see. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess we'll get uh, I guess we'll get Chris Story on the line because. Uh, He's not calling me, so I guess we'll call him to make sure that he's awake and up and alive and uh, ready to go this morning. We'll see uh, We'll see if he's all ready. Thank you for calling. May this message find you. Okay. So uh, maybe now i got to go back and look. Is there something? See on top of the – I mean, it feels like Mondays. And he's uh, – there we go. I was just getting – I was just getting – starting to get a little worried, like maybe he'd forgotten about me or was still asleep. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm on top of the world. Good. All right. Answer your damn phone. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hold the line, my friend. Uh, we're going to jump back into it. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we're 12 seconds out. Like and share. Subscribe. Ring the bell. The Michael Duke Show. Chris Story, our guest. Let's get to it. All right. Uh, welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show. It is the Tuesday edition, which is one of our most 
hotly anticipated segments. I mean, for me anyway, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, one of the most hotly anticipated segments is the weekly uplift or life coaching session or PMA boost or whatever you want to call it with our good friend, Chris Story, the man from Homer. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Good morning, Michael. It's smoky here on the bay, but uh, it's on top of the world. And looking down from here, I say it's going to be an incredible day. Well, don't uh, don't feel too smug about all that smoke. Fairbanks, it looked like, I don't know if you saw the pictures up there, but it looked like 40 below in an ice fog in the middle of summer. It was thick and not delicious out there. So if you guys are getting a little bit of the hit, it's not uh, nearly as bad as those poor folks up in the interior right now. Oh, man. Um, so my friend, what are we going to talk about today? You got a, you got a, 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 what's going on? Well, when you're in, in my line of work, when you're, when you're a real estate broker at this point in time, at this juncture, if you will, we're constantly asked, how's the market? Are interest rates affecting real estate purchases? Are people still buying? What's going on with the market? And typically when, when we are asked, how's the market? Really, it's what we want to know individually is how is my market, how how am I being affected, or how might my assets or my portfolio being affected by what's going on in the marketplace? And I thought it would be a good time to just sort of revisit this period of time that we're going through. It's a flux, if you will. We're always in a state of flux in, in all markets. But I thought this would be a really good time to just revisit the five tips that will help take you to the top and invest like a backyard millionaire as we are, you know, more than halfway through the year. How is our investment strategy going? Even if we're only maybe six months into what's going to be a five-year plan or whatever, it doesn't matter because there's there's only so much control you can have over it. But if you do these five things, if you behave this way, you can't help but win over time, even if you're a pessimist, even if you're a pessimist, Michael. Okay, so a little bit of self-promotion. I'm down with that. A little bit of uh, backyard millionaire stuff. Uh, but I, I, I love it. We're capitalists. That's what we do. So, uh, all right. Five different tips uh, on checking my investment strategy. Now, first and foremost, this is assuming I have an investment strategy. Well, it, these are these are tips that will take you wherever you want to go in almost anything. So you look at it from an investment standpoint for real estate. You can but look apply at these it. five tips. Right. Yeah, anything. Yeah. It is universal. All Absolutely right. universal. Okay. So, for example, the first tip is to always measure not your rate of return, return on investment, but your personal return on investment. And this could be absolutely universal, as I say, for, for any kind of investing or an activity or relationship, anything you want to sure. measure based on not what should be a standard rate of return or what your neighbor's rate of return, whatever. It's yours individually. Because right now, um, people are looking at, just take real estate, for example, uh, we're looking at a rising interest rates. And so people are locking in at close to six, six and a quarter, sometimes five and three quarter. Um, you know, we're celebrating clicking our heels if we can get something sub six on a, on a non-occupied, just on an investment property. But the idea is, how does the rate of return measure against what it is you want? What do you want out of it? Right. So I think, again, the yield from anything you do, the amount of effort you put into something has to be measured against your own return versus what's expected, what society suggests, what the, what the market averages are. It's irrelevant. What's your own 
personal return? What are you looking to get out of this? What will make it worthwhile? Just using real estate, staying on that for a minute, because I recommend everybody have something in the market, get something, even if you only are starting with some of these ideas we're going to talk about today, you start looking at it and looking towards it. When you measure what it is that you want out of something, when you measure your rate of return, it might be completely different than mine or that guy's. You may not care about making any monthly income, whereas this person over here needs it to immediately start yielding monthly income. So you have to measure it for your own self. Other people are just looking to park cash. Maybe you've inherited some money. You just want to park it somewhere. And you're not really so concerned if you've got equity immediately because you're going to hold it for 20 years. You just know that. So your own personal return on the investment. And the same thing with books you read, classes you take, anything you want to do in life, you have to measure your own rate of return. And I think this is rate of return on an investment of, I mean, we're talking about money in the terms of stocks or bonds or money spent on real estate, but also could be investment, uh, an investment of time, right? I mean, you could use this for interpersonal Absolutely. relationships. Absolutely. Any, anything you, you want to do, any, any hobby in life, anything that you think is worth putting your time into. You have to measure the results and the return that you're looking to get out of it versus, again, the, what the market standard is or what other people expect out of their investment of time, capital, whatever, exercise. Some people that I know that are in the running community are constantly talking about how many, you know, what their, what their mile, what their minute per mile is. I, I don't. I don't care. I don't know. I don't actually know how fast I run. I don't care. I, I do a certain thing for me, and I get the rate of return out of it that I'm looking for personally. Right. Okay. So guard, or excuse me, gauge your return on investment for whatever it is that you're investing, time, money, effort, whatever, and see if what you know, see what it is uh, returning against what your expectations are, essentially. Exactly. P R O I. Your own personal return. On investment. And the second tip I would give you is this enjoy the hunt. So, again, if we're talking about investing, we're talking about building a portfolio of homes or properties, enjoy the hunt. Uh, I'd say education is, is all part of the process. So, what you learn in the process, regardless of the outcome, should be enjoyable. Like I, I've made mistakes in the marketplace and I look back and, and uh, yeah, obviously there's, you know, you can. You can have a bruised shin over something, but at the same time, I enjoy every aspect of it. I enjoy the misses just as much as I enjoy the success because I've learned from those. So enjoying the hunt means also in the marketplace of real estate, for example, I just enjoy learning the market, enjoy learning the individual aspects of your market and what are things selling for? What did you expect it to sell for? What are rents doing in your area? Be curious is another way to express that. But enjoy the hunt because it isn't just sitting by the fire later with the pig on the, the spit. It's all about the hunt. It's being out there in the marketplace, whatever it is. And going back to running, for example, I enjoy the running. It's not, I'm not winning any awards. I'm enjoying the process. Enjoy the hunt is the second tip to invest like a backyard millionaire. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a shameless plug for the backyard millionaire available on Amazon and iTunes uh, or Apple pot or no uh, available on Amazon and audible. There we go. Uh, or at I love Homer, Uh All right. Continue. Sorry. That just sounds like a commercial. I know. Bro, the, really third step, the third tip I would give you is to, to quote Bruce Lee, be like water, be flexible, be, be willing to just allow things to happen. Um, 
M.R. Kottmeyer wrote a bunch of great books, but it, it, one of these got several chapters actually in all of his books talking about let, the art of letting alone. So that you just can't, you can't control, you can't you control everything. And I think in the age of social media, we're, we're given a bit of a, a ruse of the ability to control the outcome of almost anything because we can comment on it. We can engage on it in a, in a very public way. And, and our opinions matter, of course, but at the same time, we're not going to have control over the outcome of, of these things. And we have to let the prevailing winds go and sometimes be flexible, be like the young sapling tree and just let things go by. Because if you're just too rigid, you're just going to break. So be flexible and, and roll with the time. This doesn't mean you, you sacrifice your principles, but if you get caught up too much in the outcome of all of these debates that are happening at any given time, you miss opportunities to both be happy, to enjoy the rewards of your investment of time or money. So you've got to be flexible, be like water, and yet with your principles, you can be as rigid as you want and need to be, but in your life overall, being flexible will help you immensely. We used to call that Semper Gumby, always flexible. <laughs> right? I mean, we're always flexible in any situation because, again, that's the only thing we can control is our reaction to whatever situation throws our way. That's good situations. You win the lottery or bad situations. You get a bad diagnosis for health stuff or whatever. It's how you deal with it. It's how you react to it that controls your situation. Yeah, great. Yes, exactly. And so when the uh, pandemic first first hit back in March of 2020, Tiffany and I had two two investments uh, lined up in the queue, and we put them both on hold. We, we said, you know what? We may miss them. We're going to pause these right now. We may miss them, and that's okay, but we don't know what the future holds. We paused a couple months later, put them back into the chute, closed on them. And we're happy. That's the kind of flexibility and in investing that I think we also need to bring to relationships. Nobody's perfect. I think it's a, it's a, you know sometimes people are going through something, and a great question to ask is part of this flexibility is what else could this mean? What what else could this mean right now when this person's uh, holding up uh, a one finger salute or honking or just irritable or something else is going on in their life? Being flexible will allow our relationships to grow. Right as well as investments. And then the fourth tip would be to buy and hold. I think we have a, now I don't want to use this too pejoratively, but we have a get rich quick mentality, I think in, in no. society in no. general. Yes, Michael, no, not, not. In, not in today with Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and, right. and Facebook. Of course we don't have a get rich quick uh, <laughs> mentality. Of course we don't. But buy and hold equals gold. So if you want to get rich quick, buy a lottery ticket. If you want, a, a great long lasting relationship with your investments, with family, with people. If you want to leave a legacy, you buy and you hold. I was talking to somebody recently who bought um, a whole bunch of stocks. He had no clue what he was doing back when he bought them. Not a clue, but he just bought companies that he thought were cool and, and he's held them for now some 25 years and done incredibly well. And I asked him how often he looks at his, his portfolio. He goes about once a year. He just looks at about once a year because it's on a hold strategy. Um, so I see the same thing with um, relationships or almost anything worthwhile. It, it's for the long term. You know, you're committed for the long term. There's no get rich quick out of a relationship or an investment that really ever pays off consistently over time. If the buy and hold, that equals the gold. 
Right. Uh, Chris Story is our guest, the man from Homer. We're getting our life coaching lesson, which is the top five investment strategies for your life, both in financial investment and life investment. Uh, all right. Uh, what uh, What's number five then? Your mindset. And it's allowing yourself to see you as you wish to be. So it's that be, do, have mentality. See it. Visualize it. What you're, what you believe you can achieve. We've talked about this many, many times, but the truth of it is if you see yourself as an investor, if you see yourself as a, a, an incredible life partner, spouse, whatever, then that is what you'll become. And so if we're thinking about informing a mindset that is relevant to what it is we wish to do, then that means we're going to be surrounding ourselves with people that are already ahead of us. We're going to be surrounding ourselves with coaches and different aspects of life. We're going to be reading, reading the trades. For example, if you're interested in real estate, you're probably reading aspects of the Wall Street Journal. You're probably going to uh, places like Realtor.com and other websites and getting and garnering information and from other sources as well. And it's just, it's curious. You're curious. And you go back to that enjoying the hunt aspect. Your mindset is seeing yourself as you want to be. And that's the way you get there faster, but you also get there with greater results and enjoy the ride. Because if you don't enjoy the ride, why do you stand in the line for? Right. Well, exactly. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy the ride. It's the journey, not necessarily the destination. We've talked about that in the past, right? And some of the most successful people I know, Michael, have the least education or formal education, I should say. They have the very minimal base formal education and have learned through reading, doing, and just asking questions like, hmm, I wonder if we can do this. And don't wait for the crowd to answer. That, that comes back to your own personal return on investment. Wonder if you can do something and then get going. Don't ask 10 people because you might get 20 different answers. And and some of us have failed at what it is you wish to do, in which case we're going to tell you our cautionary tale with all best intentions, but we're going to put a wet blanket on what it is you want to do. So I say, just go for it. Your mindset is, is critical. And that could have been all five points really could have just been your mindset, but that would have been boring. Right. It's way too boring. Way, way too boring. All right. Uh, Chris story. These are the five life tips. And, uh, of course these all kind of, uh, these all kind of, uh, come out of his book, the backyard millionaire, which again is available on, uh, Amazon. I love Homer, Alaska. You can get the audio book on audible, um, which has gotten some rave reviews, which I I'm, uh, I'm grateful for. And, uh, and, that, and that's, uh, it's all good stuff. And again, apl- applicable, I want to be clear here, applicable in both your financial life and just life in general, because we invest a lot. The one thing that we don't have any more of is, um, is time, right? You can't make any more time than what you've got. And so investing of time and effort into people should be held up to the same yardstick that you're, uh, you know, that you're, uh, you're looking at with your investment life. Absolutely. And it's, it's really more of a philosophy in, in my mind. Like I'm giving a presentation later this week on the American dream is a, is a golden shovel, not a silver spoon. It always has been. I think it's it's available. We often say, "Oh, home ownership is the American dream," and it really isn't. It's the right to home ownership. It's the it's the right to pursue your version of happiness, whatever it looks like. 
So yeah, I, I, I'm all about that. And by the way, I have a totally free podcast called The Backyard Millionaire. So it isn't all about the money with me, Michael. For <laughs> me, it's not shameless promotion. It's I, I feel a little bit like doctors who don't counsel their patients to right. get healthy and to get fit <clears throat> are doing a disservice. So to me, it's to their patients and to the world, um, truthfully. So to me, it's like, how can I, how can I not share this? How can I look at the world and look at the people that are succeeding in it and go, huh, I see that. Look at this. Look at all these success formulas and principles put to work right here. Right. Huh. Yeah. I'll just keep that to myself. Well, nope. I'm going to share it with the world. Quickly, what does the podcast cover? I mean, just so folks know that they can go back and listen to the Backyard Millionaire podcast. What is what does that cover? Uh, is it a weekly? Is it a, a bi-weekly, bi-monthly? What is yeah. it? Yeah, a, a weekly podcast, just, just self-titled, the, the Backyard Millionaire. Like our most recent episode just uh, dropped yesterday, How to Conquer Your Fear on the Road to Wealth. And we cover the, the six basic fears as outlined by Napoleon Hill. We talk about, um, yeah, the, the concepts that you and I talk about here. How the, one, the first episode was kind of fun. It was how $10,000 $10, became a quarter million. So that's uh, philosophy, but basically on health, wealth, and prosperity. That's the, that's the aim of that free podcast. But essentially, like I said, I look at this as a doctor who sees somebody making huge mistakes in their life, but well, I don't want to interrupt them. I'll just let him go about there. And I'll write a prescription later. Don't worry about it. I feel like I've got to interrupt as many people as possible with this idea that the golden trouble's in your hands and it's up to you. And as you see people succeeding and failing out there in the world, there are things we can learn from both. And I say we talk about it and be as transparent and open with each other as we can be. Chris Story. You can find him at ilovehomeralaska.com. Uh, he's got books up on Amazon, on Audible. There's a multitude. He's got a he's got a handful of books up there. He's working on two more. Uh, he's got his own podcast, the Backyard Millionaire Podcast, which you should be able to find wherever podcasts are found. Um, and uh, what your new books? They coming out quickly. Well, yeah, November. Yeah, November. Sorry, okay, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah. All right, keep me in the loop. Chris Story, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you coming on board and joining us today. Thank you. Good morning. Folks, we're out of time. We got one more segment. We're going to open up the phone lines. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, that's good stuff. Good stuff from Chris Story. Um, yeah, buy and hold. The buy and hold strategy. Uh, you know, I bought stocks 20 years ago. I've never bothered to look at them. Lo and behold, holy cow, I didn't realize that I was a millionaire, you know, kind of thing. That's what you like to see, uh, for sure, for sure out there as well. Um, all right. Some housekeeping. What do we got here? Uh, we get 33 people watching the video right now. We've had upwards of almost 60 this morning and we have eight thumbs up. In the chat, in the in the, on the YouTube page, eight out of thirty-three of you. This is where I shame you. Shame you. Just click the little thumbs up. How hard is that? How hard is that to share the to click the little thumbs up, and to share the video to Facebook? If you click the share button and choose the Facebook button, I'm doing it right now. I'm sharing my own show. That's that's self-aggrandizement right there, my friend. Self-aggrandizement right there. I just shared my own show to my own page. Look at that. 
So 30 of you in the chat room, there ought to be at least 15 or 20 likes on that. Or dislike. If you want to click the dislike button, click the dislike button. It'll show that you're at least interacting with something. Uh, So now nine of you. One of you has gone ahead and clicked it since I said something. This is is why we can't have nice things. This is why I can't get a thousand people to subscribe to the channel. I got 3,500 followers on Facebook, but I can't get a thousand people to follow me on uh, on YouTube because things, difficulties. That's what it's all about, right there. Uh, all right, <clears throat> I did. It was me, Debbie, Debbie, Michael. Thank you, thank you so much for uh, for doing that. I appreciate that. Um, all right. <laughs> Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay. Well, I'm number nine, says Michael. So he, he's, he's, he even counted, he even tracked his number. Number nine on the, on the whole thing. Uh, there's another 20 of you who are basically like, I can't be bothered to do that. What did I win? How do I do that? I don't know. There's a thumbs up somewhere on the, I don't know. Should I look to see what it looks like on YouTube? I have no idea what the, what the show looks like on YouTube. Um, uh, I guess I'm not a subscriber to my, I'm not a subscriber to my own page, so I can't, uh, um, I suppose I should try and subscribe to my own page just to see what it looks like. Uh, can I see what, uh, my channel, uh, top for videos it's live. Um, where is the, okay, live chat. I don't know, quite honestly. Let me look. I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now to see description. Um, let me just, let me just go to the video. Am I in the video? I'm in the video. I think I'm in the video. I am in the video. Okay. I never use YouTube for, um, um, stats for nerds, somebody who just clicked, uh, the, I know how to do it on the Facebook. I know how to do it on the website, but I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, there you go. Just tap the screen. If you're on your phone, tap your screen and there's thumbs ups and thumbs down over to the left. If you just tap your screen to where you can see the pause button on the bottom left is the thumbs up, the thumbs down and the share button. Um, I don't know. What is that? Uh, no. I don't want to. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, and then I don't know how to get the, now I've lost the comments. Anyway, go check it out. There you go. I'm going to close that. I'm going to close that. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Okay. Click off the chat and there it is right under the title for the day. You can also watch it on the TV, but there's no chat that way. You should be able to see the chats on the TV. There's just got to be a setting for you to be able to see the chats on the TV. Um, I did not get notified on Facebook this morning. I'm number 12, says Kara. Well, that's because Facebook wouldn't. I mean, just to give you guys an idea of what that looks like, let me uh, let me show you. Let me show you what uh, uh, this looks like right here. You see, see all those purple boxes. That's the number of times I tried to start the show this morning. All those purple boxes are the number of times that I tried to start the show this morning so that we could get uh, so that we could get the Facebook on. Didn't happen. Just didn't happen um, over and over and over again. So 
Um, <clears throat> all right. You could turn on you could turn on chat on the TV. Yeah, you can. I know because I have watched live streams on YouTube on my TV and seen the chat at the same time. So I know it's possible. <sighs> okay. Let me close that. It's still running. My phone is still running the video in the background. All right, folks, that means that we are getting close to it. We're going to open up the phone lines, the Michael Duke Show, <clears throat> common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio, back with more. Here we go. Like and share. Okay, welcome back to the program. One final segment of the show for today. And why not um, why not find out where you're at? I mean, let's do our own little informal poll here since Ivan Moore is gonna do the um, the three-way race, Dunleavy, Walker and Gara. Why don't I just presuppose that Charlie makes it into the race, and now how do you rank everybody? How do you rank everybody that's uh, that's that's on that ballot there? If it's Pierce and Dunleavy and Guerra and Walker, how do you how do you rank them in your mind for this rank choice voting thing? 907-433-3150, the Satellite West call in line at satellitewest.com. Give us a call and uh, tell us where you stand on on these candidates. I mean, would you vote for Dunleavy if, if he's? I mean, obviously, if he's the if there's only three candidates, which one am I going to choose? Well, I guess the least offensive of them all, the the lesser of all evils. And uh, if it's just the three of them, Dunleavy, Walker, Guerra, then uh, yes, you're right. I would have to pick. Uh, Dunleavy simply because that's my only choice. But if I I have a fourth choice in there, if I have Charlie Pierce in there as my fourth choice, guess what? I've got my number one pick. And Dunleavy would be number two. And uh, I don't know. I might rank the other two. I just, I I don't even know at this point. I might rank all four. Or I might just rank the top two and then quit. I just, I just don't, I haven't decided yet. So what about you? What do you, where do you take a stand on this? What is your position on, uh, you know, on, on that rank choice? How do you, how do you, you know, what, what are your thoughts? 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150 to call in to the Satellite West call in line. Don't forget also, of course, you can always Always drop me an email. The email address is me at MichaelDukesShow.com. M-E at MichaelDukesShow.com is the uh, email address if uh, you want to send me an email. 
I'd love to hear what you have to say. In the chat room right now, it's uh, Pearson Dunleavy, no others, said uh, Jen. Michael says, I can't conscientiously uh, rank those two commie commie buffoons. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) He says, Charlie and Dunleavy, that's it. All right, so, I mean, you're only going to rank two out of the four. Which I guess is fine, except for, of course, that if you get into a third round of voting, your vote is exhausted, your ballot's exhausted. and you, I mean, why they had to complicate it, I don't know. But this is just where it's at. So do you vote defensively? Uh, I'm definitely ranking the red in that regard. That's one of the I think that's one of the more clever um, uh, word associations that the, the Republicans have come up with in the state is to rank the red. Uh, but if you've got two red candidates and then a blue and a blue candidate or purple or whatever Walker's calling himself, whatever color he's calling himself, um, then do you rank all four or do you just stop? Do you, do you just stop? Do, I, mean, I know I've heard many people say, I'm just voting for one. Which is good, except what happens if, <clears throat> you know, for example, you vote for your one which would be Charlie Pierce and uh, or Mike Dunleavy, and they don't make it in that first round of voting. Then what do you do? That's the question. Let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, we'll start All participants off. are muted. Sorry about that. We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's Good. this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Brad from Fritz Creek. Hello, Brad. What's on your mind? Well, two things. Uh, to answer your question, Charlie Pierce, Charlie Pierce, and Charlie Pierce. <laughs> but I'm on the Kenai Peninsula. Right, so you are the Kenai Peninsula. Well, make sure you don't rank your. But make sure you real, don't, you, you'll screw up your ballot if you vote really for it every time. So go ahead. What's really on my mind this morning are two political ads I've heard on your show this morning. And uh, I'm disappointed in one and not surprised by the other. Uh, one from Nick Begich and the other from uh, Bill Walker, and both of them are challenging their challengers. And I'm not—I mean, I'm really disappointed that you know, uh, in from Nick Begich's commercial because he's putting down uh, Sarah Palin, and of course Bill Walker is challenging Mike Dunleavy. Right. But, you're, and you're uh, saying challenging, you the, mean the, going negative, right? That's what you're saying? They're negative ads against their other candidates? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't like that kind of, you yeah. know. I think that kind of turns people right. off. Yeah, no, I think it kind of turns people off. I mean, highlight what you can do and what you've done or what you're going to do. Don't, uh, I don't think you necessarily have to go after uh, everybody hammer and tong like that. I agree with you, Brad. I think that that's, I think that's always a mistake uh, to go negative in that regard. Um, but uh, and both of those ads are both of those ads are very negative. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it plays out to the electorate. Thank you, Brad, for your call. I appreciate it. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, quickly, what uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, I guess I at this point anyway, I'd probably put Dunleavy as number one, and uh, Charlie Pierce is number two. And Bill Walker's number three, and Gara's number four is probably how I'd do it. Uh, the only 
bad thing about Dunleavy, in my view, is that he wants to put the PFD into the Constitution. That's a terrible thing. But that's just talk. Everyone's got the freedom of speech. The real evil would be an actual legislator that would vote to put that into the Constitution in a constitutional amendment. Um, if Charlie Pierce was a little more clear on um, how he felt, if he, if he came out, for instance, against definitely putting it in the Constitution, it might switch number two, number one position. I put Bill Walker number three over Guerra because Guerra seems like just pure left wingism to me. At least Bill Walker, I, I've always admired uh, how what he did <laughs> um, in 2016, sacrificing his political career for the sake of uh, providing cover for the legislature when he uh, uh, vetoed half the PFD in 2016. I mean, I know a lot of people got mad about that, but that's what makes him so such a hero to me in that instance, but everything else he's not everything, but some things he does is just too little too left for me, like expanding Medicaid. So, so I, I'm yeah. not going to vote for him, but uh, except maybe number three. But that's right. my my ranking. Well, I appreciate that, Randy. I mean, I think most people would disagree with your position on the taking of the PFD. Uh, I think that is his bellwether moment, and I think he failed, and I think that's why. Most people don't admire him. In fact, that was why he was voted out. I think you'd see that most people, that's why I only got 2% of the vote or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's a tough one. But thank you for your call and your thoughts on that, Randy. I appreciate it. Tomorrow on the program, Kelly Shabaka is going to be joining us in Hour 2. Working on a candidate for Hour 1 as well. We'll continue then. Don't forget to check us out at MichaelDukeShow.com. If you want to get all the info on the broadcast, check us out on Facebook and on YouTube and on Twitch. We'll see you tomorrow, my friends. Be kind to one another. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you then. All right, my friends, don't forget, you can help support the show by becoming a member of the Common Sense Corps. That's our cool kids club. Our Cool Kids Club. Come on in and be part of it. Help us out. Support the show. It's like the fan club. You can find out more about it at patreon.com slash Show, or just go to michaeldukeshow.com and click the Join the Core banner right at the top of the page. That's the way to do it. All right, my friends, thank you for coming in and uh, joining us. We will uh, see you tomorrow. TTFN, ta-ta for now. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.